This aircon is racist. I've never ever been a spy. Can the VBS bank loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shape. Second arms, can you please come in? Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Sunday Times Politics Weekly with me, Amil Amro. I'm joined in the studio this week by my colleagues, Zengisa Mbumbu and Apiwe de Klerk. Unfortunately, we don't have any of the ladies with us this week. Um, Konita is off doing some stories and Zimasa is off sick. Hope she gets well soon. But guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and thank you so much for listening in. We really appreciate the support. We've got a jam-packed episode for you this week. We're going to be talking about massive revelations at the state capture inquiry, which involves crime intelligence's secret service account and how it was basically looted to no end, mostly under former crime intelligence parts, um, Richard and Bluley. We're also going to be talking about the sort of controversial decision by the Departments of Basic Education to allow an exit strategy for grade nine learners. They expect that they're going to go to some sort of technical and vocational training thereafter. So let's get straight into it, guys. Yo, we heard testimony over the past five days at the state capture inquiry from Colonel Danajaya Naidu. Now, he was a member of crime intelligence for quite some time. And then in 2011, he basically blew the whistle on massive looting of the Secret Service account. Now, the Secret Service account is used for operational purposes, um, like paying off agents, buying safe houses, purchasing vehicles, stuff that we need in our intelligence world. But um, it appears that under Mbluli and Solomon Lazarus, who was in charge of the Secret Service account, they had basically used this money to do anything and everything. I'm talking overseas trips for themselves and their families, um, purchasing luxury vehicles like BMW 7 Series, Mercedes E-Class, Lexus, um, also just flying around the country, going on holiday in Cape Town, buying safe houses, and just anything you can think of is what happened. And this is what Naidu was telling uh, Deputy Chief Justice Raymond Zondo because he was a part of it. He de- he described himself as one of Mduli and Lazarus's lackeys. He would basically go on their instructions and they just had the time off their life at crime intelligence. But yo, you know, this really does me in because we look at our intelligence capabilities now and some people argue that it's non-existent. You know, and it's stuff like this which lends to that. Because where you have this massive, it's taxpayer money that's supposed to be used for operational needs, but it's being looted for people uh, and people in the audience. What do you guys think? Mm. Well, look, I mean, as you say, let me just pick up on your last point on how useless our <laughs> crime intelligence <laughs> is. No, it's, it's very much useless. I mean, remember, we touched on this during the so-called uh, xenophobic attacks, mm. you know, in that uh, the, our crime intelligence, which is supposed to counter criminal activities mm. before they even happen, it seems to be always sleeping. I mean, in this country, there's a whole lot of big, massive crimes that happen. The underworld is having a field day <laughs> as if we don't have crime intelligence. Mm. Therefore, I am not shocked at all that our crime intelligence, instead of doing what it ought to do, what we pay them to do, 
they're busy going on holidays at our expense. They're busy paying off their friends, bribing people, and all those kind of issues as uh, revealed at the Zondo Commission. So it's it's sad. It's sad, I mean, that, uh, you know, I, I think at some point in time, I know that uh, legislation allows for such uh, things of slash funds mm. and, and all those things. But I think we need... Uh, to review uh, our legislation. Of course, because the Secret Service account is not audited like yeah, other accounts are, obvious, exactly. for obvious reasons. Exactly, and there's a lot of hard cash that is, uh, you know, no, doing a lot that, of hard cash. You know. <laughs> so I think at some point we've got to, you know, review that legislation and sort of bring some, uh, you know, accountability uh, institutions or bodies that are independent from, uh, you know, the intelligence right itself, you know to sort of, uh, you know, do monitoring of how our monies are spent. We cannot continue like this because if legislation still allows this going forward, nothing is going to stop it. We're just going to have people, you know, coming up after five years, then what happens? It, you know, it's, it's just going to be one vicious cycle. And it's very sad that we are at the stage that we are at. Uh, and, you know, we, with us, what I think also, uh, you know, encourages this culture of looting in this, uh, you know, grand scale is that everything in this country is sort of politicized. Mm. You know, we know, uh, you know, uh, uh, Richard Mruli, he was very, you know, embedded within the ANC factional politics and all those kind of issues. I think another uh, part of the cleanup should be to depoliticize these mm. institutions of the state because they've got nothing to do with the governing party and any other of party course. for that matter. They mm. are to work for the state, they are to work for the people because we are the ones who pay them, we are the ones who fund them. So also that depoliticization will be very important going forward. And maybe uh, then in that regard, there needs to be a broadened way in how these people are appointed to this because you see a culture of people uh, thinking they owe a favor to those that appointed them. You know, almost in our country, president has got a whole lot of powers to appoint people into these positions. And when they get there, they feel the need mm. to protect those that appointed them politically and otherwise. And this kind of, uh, uh, you know, being unaccountable and, uh, you know, doing as you please comes in there. So uh, really, as a country, we have to uh, look into this matter deeply going forward and see what kind of uh, interventions we can bring well, into play. To, well, to well here's a prime example of what you were saying. Um, Colonel Naidu and other people before the state capture inquiry, like Johan Boysen, accused Natiem Tetwa, who was Minister of Police at the time, of appointing him duly. Yeah. And then six months later, we, uh, we've heard allegations that uh, money from the Secret Service account was used to build a wall around uh, Natim Tuatwa's KwaZulu-Natal home, which cost about 200,000 rand. Yeah. And he didn't deny it. He was yeah. like, yeah, you know, sure, it was built. I didn't know where the money was coming from. Yeah. But that's just a bit blatant, isn't it? Look, um, I, I want to uh, touch uh, on the part about it being politicized. Mm. Uh, you see, because it's politicized, when there's looting, uh, I mean, the whole intelligence, mm -hmm. there's looting. You remember the witness before Naidu uh, that spoke about how they had to pay informants for infiltrating the EFF or, or mm. meeting with so the students. Uh, what, what was it? Colonel Kobus Rulofsa. Rulofsa, yeah. 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 So you, you get there, you, but no same person should be fail, falling for such a story. But because um, you, uh, the politicians' posturing is that. Uh, these are the people who are trying to destabilize the country. It 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 breeds a ground for for, for looting, mm. uh, blatant looting. Um, also on the what you were saying, uh, how they are 
for for reasons of uh, secrecy and mm. intelligence how they are unable to audit the the account mm. the same way they would um i, I would think um, they should find more stringent means of at course. least uh, allow maybe an office within uh, the inspector general's office mm. which would act the same way uh, the ag's office act with the um, with the with the other states institutions you know at, at least you even though there is that high level of secrecy and there would be clearance but there is proper accountability we don't have to you know have to wait for whistleblowers mm. uh, uh, to have to find out how there's been such grand scale looting it's 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 scary how these guys were leaving it up on our time and yeah. uh, they were not doing anything so to assist us. One uh, of the funny things that Nadu said was that um, they had gone to, I think it was Singapore, um, to purchase some um, intelligence equipment. Yeah. Right? And then they went for 10 days. They spent four hours at the shop the first day. And then the rest of the time, they all took 100,000 Rand each from the Secret Service account. This is Lazarus, Mduli, Nadu, and all of them. Took 100,000 on each and had a nice holiday for themselves. <laughs> Another funny thing was that um, Richard Mduli had apparently um, appointed seven members of his family into crime intelligence, yeah. right? And this is said to have cost the states about 5 million rand just for their salaries, for their vehicles. So they were given vehicles, they were given nice salaries, they were appointed as like colonels and captains. And then Naidu was saying that um, some of them were appointed to the cyber crime unit and they were given an office. Um, and every time Nadu went to visit them, they were never there. They were shopping in the malls next door. And some of them never had basic computer skills, even though they're Jeez. in the cybercrime unit. And another guy, he says, that racked up so much travel claims because all he would do was go to Mpumalanga to visit his family. <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy because yeah. you have this sort of shadowy thing that's intelligence. You know, it doesn't mean you've got to... There must be no levels of accountability, as Apirwa was saying, yeah. because I mean that's counterproductive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah they, they they need to after after these revelations, if they are serious, they need to have serious stringent measures on how people account uh, for the work that they do. Um, I remember even the, the previous witness talking about uh, people who had been paid uh, or money that had been spent, but you never get a report back mm. to say this is what the person actually did uh, or, or, or this is what the informant actually gave us yeah. and this is how valuable uh, the information that they gave us was to mm. and uh, we were able to... Such things, those should be basic. I mean, exactly. it's not rocket science. Uh, as, I mean, if you if you lead a team of five, each of them should be able to account to what mm. is to what they were doing. Uh, their missions are not secret to you. Exactly. And... Uh, uh, also, the the people that you account to, uh, uh, those missions should not be secret, and therefore that's how account accountability works. They can't just pull a wool over our eyes <laughs> under the case of you no, know, it's intelligence, and therefore we have to protect its confidentiality and all of that. No, no, well, I, I, I in a disagree. perfect world it would work like that, but this is a symptom of rot at every single level, mm. from the bottom where you have a handler controlling his agents all the way to the top at someone like Mluli, where there's a systematic process of corruption that allows for this to happen. Yeah. You see, here, here's another thing. I mean, I think the, the office of the 
Inspector General uh, on intelligence has to be strengthened. I think yeah. uh, that is one office that can help us in sort of, uh, you know, bringing uh, that accountability that we're lamenting about. Uh, you know, as things stand, you don't really know what is the role, uh, exactly. you know, of, of that mm-hmm. office. Uh, that office is supposed to be there you know, oversight. You know, once last year, just by the way, I sent a press query to the Inspector General of Intelligence and they responded in six weeks. You know, (laughs) so yeah, that office has got to be strengthened. That office has got to be, you know, like the hawk over the entire intelligence world, crime intelligence and all other, you know, divisions within that space. And people must account to that office because that office is empowered to have this information because anyway, they report on their missions to that same office, you know. So that office has got to be strengthened and have, you know, people of accounting and all those kind of issues, people who are going to check how the monies were spent and that office must be accountable to parliament. Although the uh, sessions in parliament are closed, but at least those are public representatives Mm -hmm. that we elected, uh, you know, to provide that oversight. So if we strengthen the office, the office makes everyone account within that space and goes to account to parliament. At least we will minimize if there's that and that there's a strict rules as to, you know, this kind of accountability. And maybe they can even report to the public on things that are not so sensitive. I don't see why it should be sensitive as to how much you, you spent. You don't have to tell us what you spent it on if, you know, the missions are of secret nature. But we need to know how much money goes into these things and whether there were results, you know. So I, I think that's what we must do going forward. Man, we can't continue like this. I mean, we, this yeah. is like a bottomless pit where we just keep on throwing money, throwing money. It's not getting full. And 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 you know, or when you talk about strengthening that office, insofar as it has to do with crime intelligence specifically, to be more proactive. Yeah. And I think for me as well, you need to appoint the right people because uh, that's a big thing. I mean, you can't have a political appointment like someone like Mduli or somebody else. Um, who doesn't have any experience in policing or intelligence or very little experience in policemen and, and, and intelligence. So therefore, you have, to have your minister and maybe, and I remember Nathim Tietwa was talking about how there was a panel, but obviously it didn't do the right job. It didn't find the right person. You need to have a seasoned officer of intelligence to, who knows the entire environment in order to implement the right processes. But anyway, let's take a very short break. And when we get back, we're going to be talking about the departments of basic education and their move of implementing an exit strategy for grade nines. Tune in. Racial identity politics, a phrase that has the potential to start an argument in just about any situation. That's why we're starting it first. Let's Start an Argument is a unique and insightful podcast series about the meaning of race to us today. Presented by researcher Cecilia Koch and Doctor of Philosophy Jason Werbeloff, the series aims to spark rational argument and meaningful discussion around this controversial topic. Find Let's Start an Argument now on the Cliff Central app, cliffcentral.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Um, Let's get straight into it. So last week we heard that the Department of Basic Education is looking to sort of implement a new process of of an exit strategy for grade nines. Uh, Obviously with the sort of vision that they would then move into vocational training and technical training, all right? So it was aimed at sending more students to technical vocational training. Um, But I think, and there's been lots of debate around this, Mm. right? Um, Of... The thing is, for our, our TVET colleges at the moment are packed. You know, there's no space 
um, for more students. So how are they going to do this? So some argue that, okay, this is all this is going to do is we're going to have younger learners now on the street without any jobs or any opportunities. Other people are arguing that actually um, it gives them more time to sort of figure out what they want to do and move into that field before reaching matriculant age. Oh, yeah, look, um, insofar as it has to do with uh, vocational training and all of look, I think for me, it just gives documentation, unlike previously, mm. where you could still actually go to a TVET college yeah. uh, after grade nine. It's mm. just that now there's now a, you've got a, a certificate to say, certificate that, to say yeah. that you are done with grade nine. Mm. Unlike you having a, a report from your school and, yes. and and all of that, and and with that it 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 gives you more power than just mm. a report. And I think at, in a long run it will assist us uh, in a number of things. One, uh, for instance, they ask you for a grade twelve certificate to be uh, employed yes. uh, in general work at government departments in in, in 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 private companies and and all of that it's sort of a standard now yes. now tell me amil um if you are going to be a messenger why must you know the pythagoras theorem yeah, <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so so now mm. you have this this large uh, 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 number of unemployable people mm. because they when they reach grade 12 yes or grade 11 uh, for instance because they were not so gifted uh, in mathematics and they were uh, in physics or, or science mm. and they were advised that we need engineers mm. and they they get there and they find out look man at grade nine at least i could uh, comprehend with these things mm. grade 10 and grade 11 is difficult yeah and that's where you get the high number of dropout of, of dropouts so now if that person has that certificate and there's a, there's a certif certification process there mm. then you then get a, a regime or rather a, 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 I don't know um, remember when uh, the, was it the labor minister or uh, which ministry announced that within government now you won't need to have um, a, a, a experience as a, a requirement for mm. entry level jobs yeah. Yeah. so you will then go there to say you don't need grade 12 mm. to do general work so at government departments across uh, private companies, you don't need grade 12 to be a cleaner. You don't need grade 12 to be a messenger. In fact, you don't need a, uh, 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 some PAs uh, would not necessarily need. Um, you would just say if you've, you've got um, a grade nine and a one year course mm. uh, for uh, uh, computer literacy, yes. you are fine. You get a job. You know, I mean, I, I agree and disagree at the same time with this move. I'll it's tell always you, a Gisa's move to agree and yeah. disagree at the same time. <laughs> I'll tell you why I agree. Ne? I agree on the basis that we. it is a fact that not all of us are academically gifted. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, Some of us are gifted in more technical work, like uh, like as Abu was saying, I mean, just to add on the things that you wouldn't need a metric. You don't need a metric to be a car mechanic, mm. as far as I'm concerned. Mm. That is a handwork. Uh, that that you can be taught uh, you know you can exit grade nine go for one year course at a tivet college uh, you know get trained to be a mechanic you go and uh, you know you thrive mm. and we need those skills by the way oh a welder for that matter y you know and they pay a lot oh would work uh, that yeah. someone failed in me <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> but anyway, that 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 is uh, where I say I I agree in that there is realization that not everyone is academically gifted, and the statistics are there to prove for themselves. Half the people, I mean, of one million. Uh, you know, pupils that start grade one, not even 500,000 reach metric. Exactly. The statistics have been there and they've been consistent all these years, you know. Right now, I don't know half the people I started grade one with, how they, <laughs> where they ended up in the system. Yeah. And I don't blame them. Mm. We all have different gifts and different skills. On that uh, part, I agree. Where I don't disagree, where I disagree, I disagree in that it's populist in terms of how our, our government uh, is taking education serious. First of all, our government doesn't take these FET colleges seriously. There's a, you know, a whole lot of uh, issues in that space. It, funding is not enough mm -hmm. because we are still conscious. We are still operating on this mentality that universities are the one, yes. whereas. There's this realization now that not everyone mm. needs to go to university. Exactly. Therefore, there needs to be a concerted effort from government to invest within that space of the, you know, uh, TVET colleges for us to be able then to have proper programs uh, that uh, and, and, and the necessary skills offered in those FET colleges, not just everything and anything. Mm. And then secondly... Our syllabus itself at basic education is completely off the rails as far as I'm concerned. Mm. I laugh every day when I hear these ministers talking about fourth industrial revolution <laughs> yes. when our syllabus is structured the way it is. Mm. It is a complete joke. In China, in, in, in Asia, most in most Asian countries, China, Japan, Korea and all those things, kids learn coding exactly. as young as in grade one. Exactly. We're so, learning about insects. You know, and <laughs> you know in this country, yeah. it's, it's a complete opposite. Mm. I mean, I reached metric, I never learned anything about coding. And yeah. to this day, that is how our syllabus... Oh, wait, 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 you switched on a computer when you were in grade 12. I, ha I had it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only uh, made computers. <laughs> you see, so, yeah. so those basic things. I mean, may, hence I, uh, where I disagree that although this is a good thought, mm. it will not work because the infrastructure, the system, the syllabus doesn't allow for people who yeah. are gifted technically and otherwise, but not academically, to prosper. It's a complete joke. So in that regard, this decision is bound to fail unless we change the system from well, ground this, up. This is where I agree with you because I agree with the grade 9 exit strategy, right? But for me, whether your students finish in grade 9 or in matric, you need to first prioritize literacy and mathematics before in the younger, in the earlier grades. There's no sense having a grade 9 student exit the school when they can't read and write their first basic language. And we know this is happening. Yeah. Or they can't do simple addition and mathematics. What's the point? The second thing is that, and we was talking about this earlier, um, our TVET colleges are overwhelmed right now. We've got so many matrics, and I know how, there was a figure I saw about 500,000 certificates that haven't been given out yet. Yeah. So we need to find a way where these TVET colleges can absorb um, these new students will be coming in from grade nine and therefore we need to place higher emphasis on those TVET colleges. And then I agree with you where you say the curriculum. I feel like we need a total overall oh, of the curriculum. Absolutely, it's just not I working. agree fully. <laughs> um, look, um, you know, the, 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 the other thing about uh, uh, the, the certification of you at, at, at grade mm. nine, it's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean after you are yeah, certified, you exit. Mm. It also means if you should you go to grade 10, uh, grade 11 and realize that you made a mistake, yeah. you can you, you have documentation exactly. 
uh, to say, uh, well, I still have uh, 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 grade mm. uh, nine with at least grade 11 passed with this and that. Yeah. You, you see, yeah. um, when you are then uh, changing or, or going to a TVET college or, or whatever, mm. You would be granted extra points than someone who's mm. uh, who just get as, as as grade nine and, and so on. So it's not necessarily that just because you have been certificated, because no, everyone would be certificated, yeah. but depending what you choose. Mm. So it, it's like it's like having a grade twelve certificate anyway. Uh, people with grade twelve uh, certificate decide, well, I can go and find a job with my grade twelve certificate. Others decide, no, let me continue uh, and and study. Mm. Uh, with my tertiary education but during their second year they realize maybe uh, mm. because of one thing or the other they can't continue they will say I have grade 12 and I had studied up until the second year uh, doing this so you are more employable than someone with, mm. with just grade 12 um, I, I agree um, in so far as it has to do with strengthening uh, the TVET colleges mm. um, you know uh, we sh it's something that um we should not have uh, let them uh, be at the state yeah. where they are now. We used to uh, produce uh, professionals uh, mm -hmm. at that period before 94, mm -hmm. um, uh, the nursing colleges, uh, teaching colleges as well. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever decision that they took, that they closed them down and whatnot. So if, if, if my, my thinking is that when they introduce it then there should be a directive to the uh, department of higher education uh, also the management of the tivet colleges uh, the the way it's done uh, it's, it's it's a mishmash yeah. uh, so, sometimes yeah it's between province and national now yeah, eh? yeah. It's, it's it's not as uh, as as clear as uh, the tertiary uh, or rather uh, universities and universities of technology. So, I mean, if you fix that, uh, you can build more. They don't cost as much as building a new university. Um, you know, I, I, I myself think that is a, is a workable uh, uh, direction that mm -hmm. we should be taking as a country. You see, just to emphasize on the point that uh, Apio was saying about sector-specific, uh, you know, uh, colleges, and and also maybe to address that question that you are raising, uh, Amir, of why these TVET colleges are overcrowded and overwhelmed by numbers, it is because it's everything and anything you can go there and do anything. Mm. To go to Apio's point of doing sector-specific, really, I mean, uh, during the pre-1994, uh, you know, uh, regime. Mm. There were these teaching colleges, there were these nursing colleges, there were these police colleges, mm. you know. We need to go back to a structure like that. But because now the world is going forward mm. and things are more technical, we are more focused on this fourth industrial revolution. You have to have, uh, you know, technical colleges that are solely for technical work. Exactly. Where we build welders, we build engineers, we build. And then people who do humanities, they must have their own things. Mm. They are on the side. Mm. Then you can bring back your teaching colleges, nursing colleges, but on the side. But have colleges that focus on the necessary skills that we need going forward. And then those that go to university, which is more of, you know, the academics mm. yourselves, Emil, nah, you can, you uh, can uh, go there. <laughs> you can go there and do those things, you know, so that you can be intellectuals in the future. But we need to have a system whereby these 
we have technical colleges where we just call them technical colleges and you only go there for a technical skills we have humanity colleges for people who want to be clerks and all those other issues on the side so that there is a deliberate focus and a deliberate intervention in terms of who gets employed here the the kind of teachers that we need in these technical colleges the kind of students that we need here the kind of skills that we offer that are going to take our economy forward and our country forward not this free for all system that we currently have same time we need to revitalize the job sector yeah. because there's no use having a whole new bunch of skilled professionals coming out of the country and they've got nowhere to go but you see let, let, let me attend to that mm. the problem we have that is because now people are doing things that are not necessary as I say, I mean, we barely need uh, nurses. We've got enough nurses who are unemployed already. We barely need people who are going to study towards that field. Mm. We barely need people who are going to study towards teaching. Well, although teaching in terms of medicine science is in a crisis, mm. because, but those are specialized fields. But everyone who does teaching wants to be a, a history teacher, an English teacher, and all of those things. So our government, the problem is that we allow a free-for-all and anything and everything goes. If we are clear in terms of these are the skills when you go to a high school the the advice is that the country going forward needs these skills when you make your options please although we are not confining you Mm -hmm. but please emphasize on this if you want to be employed in the Mm -hmm. future because and there needs to be you know that that kind of teaching to say these careers in the next 10 years are going to be unnecessary don't waste your time on these things here are the uh, the careers for the future but we don't have that kind of education you get there it's a free for all choose whatever you do hr you know you (laughs) and tourism management exactly (laughs) what 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 are those things man i mean even our journalism now you know going forward let's just cut it off there for this week anyway guys thank you so much for joining me in studio and thank you all out there for listening remember if you want to advertise on this podcast you can email uh, smiths at tisoblackstar.co.za that's s-m-i-t-h-s at t-i-s-o-b-l-a-c-k-s-t-a-r.co.za join us again next week <laughs>